Welcome to the Good is Cool podcast. We are so excited because we are in the midst of the guide culture training. We are on day, day two. two of the first in-person at the new space and they just left. I think people are maybe even still in the building and we can just feel the energy, the conviction that just left this room, right? Yes. And it just palpable and we're just jazzed. So we, we don't even know when this is going to air, but we have Sarah Stapleton here and we want to talk to you about like what guide culture has actually meant to you over the past few months, what your transformations looked like. And we just have to talk to you this instant. We're so excited to have you listeners. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Can I give a little back? My personal mental background on Sarah Stapleton. Yes. Sarah is so many goals for me. She is a little bit older than me, and you've had done a little bit more life than me. And when I think about being a mom one day, I honestly am like, I want to be like Sarah Stapleton is how I feel. Not just because your little girl's name is Cambry. <laughs> and if you don't know, Cambry is my niece. But she is so passionate she has so much heart I'm so proud to know her and I'm so excited for you guys just to get to know a little bit more of her story and I think she's going to give you guys a lot to take away with today oh thanks Macy Sarah can you just give us a little background on your story yeah so I've been married to my husband Jeremy for 19 years whoa I, didn't we, know that. I, I know it's one of those you like, look like 32 so I'm just confused you. how this a little older than that <laughs> but thank you appreciate that yeah so we have three kids our we have a 16 year old Preston he's our, our oldest son we have a daughter Cambry who's almost 14 and we have a younger son Weston who is 10 and all I ever wanted to be in my life was a mom you know, when you're little and you're in your bedroom and you're and you're playing, I can just remember lining all my baby dolls up on the bed and my stuffed animals, and I would just take care of them. And I had a little play kitchen, and I would fix them food, and I would read them stories, and I would cuddle them and put them down for their naps and put them to bed at night. And I just dreamed of being a mom. And once I became a mom, it was like my heart just exploded. It was the best thing. It was everything that I dreamed it would be. And I loved having babies and I loved having toddlers and I loved having school age kids. It was awesome. And then they got a little older and I felt like, wait, now what do I do? (laughs) It was like uh, I had spent so much time thinking about what it would be like to be a mom to these babies and these little kids that I didn't think about what it would be like to be a mom of older kids. And once I got to that spot where their life was transitioning and my role as a mom was transitioning, I just got completely lost. Mm -hmm. And I started to feel like maybe, maybe that desire in my heart, I had it wrong all along. And I got very frustrated and the days just got really long because I didn't know what to do. And I, I knew it wasn't my kid's fault, but I couldn't put my finger on the one thing that was wrong or that needed to change. And I, every night I would go to bed and I would just feel regret. I would feel shame. I would feel guilt. Oh, the guilt. And I would lay there and I would pray and I would think, tomorrow's a new day. I'm going to be better tomorrow. And I would wake up with all these good intentions. And then the day, it was like Groundhog's Day. It was the same day over and over and over again. And it didn't matter how much I prayed. It didn't matter how much I wanted to do better. I just couldn't seem to do it. 
and I remember one day, it was about 18 months ago, I woke up and I just felt God speak to me and say, you know, your good intentions are worthless. Mm. Until you're ready to take action and actually do something, you're going to keep living the same life. And I was a little bit fear. I wasn't a little bit. I was a lot fearful of what that would mean for my kids. If I, if I couldn't become the mom that I'd always dreamed of, if I stayed stuck, what would that mean for them? Mm. And that was when I started taking action. And a few months later, I enrolled in guide culture. We're speechless. <laughs> I can't even imagine you feeling that way because you are truly the brightest light. And from the moment that you started guide culture in June, or July. 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 You just really, you've lit up the room. You, I feel like you've lit up your life. Sarah, I'm thinking about someone who, who has the toddlers and who has the babies and who are kind of maybe in your place. Like, man, I love being a mom. And they're hearing this and they're like, wait, I can't even imagine it being any different or any harder as kids get older. Can you maybe just go in a little bit more detail on that? Yeah. So I believe that there's kind of three stages of parenting. When you have a baby it's and a toddler, it's all about caretaking. They're dependent on you for everything in their life. And you're just meeting need after need after need. And you're responsible for every decision in their life. And then they kind of transition into from like younger elementary to older elementary. You're in an instructional phase. And you're teaching along beside, alongside their teachers. You know, you're teaching them life skills and instructing them on your core values and your beliefs. And then they kind of enter into another phase. And that's the phase where it got hard for me was that 10 to 12 tween and then teenage stage where you're transitioning out of caretaking and instruction giving into coaching. And you've you've equipped them to take care of themselves and you've equipped them to make good decisions. And now you have to let them do it and you have to be there for them to encourage them and help them and catch them when they fall and help them pick themselves back up. And that was what I wasn't prepared for. I was really good at the caretaking and the instruction giving. And I, I just wasn't prepared and didn't understand how my role was about to change. You're really having to inspire them to make decisions on their own. Yes, And that's what, as parents, as moms, that's what we want. We want to raise kids who are making decisions on their own and feel confident and feel capable of doing that. And we also don't want our kids to feel pain. And there's a tension there. There's a struggle between wanting our kids to fly and wanting to keep them grounded. Sarah, I I can imagine, like, the weight of that. Truly, like, man, like, a different version of me is required to parent this larger human (laughs) than they used to be. Yes. You know, they're not as dependent. They actually need, like, more, you know, maybe different persuasion skills or something to really inspire them to take action. So you signed up for guide culture. And what was, like, the turning point? What changed when when you maybe you got there or – or and then you get home and and you implement this. What what was the turning point for you? So I came to Guide Culture or I took it online the first time thinking, man, I'm going to gain all these communication skills and I'm just going to be able to really tell my kids what to do in a way that they're going to listen and they're going to do it. And I realized real quick like in the first session that that's not what I needed. 
what I needed was a new mindset about how, how to parent my kids as bigger humans, what as more that, independent humans. What did that look like for you? I think the biggest shift for me was realizing that that as a mom, we're always going to serve our kids. That was starting to look different. Serving them no longer looked like doing everything for them, telling them exactly what to do. Now serving them is allowing them to be who God created them to be. Freedom. It was allowing them the freedom that, that we all want. What was the pull in your heart to do guide culture? Because it's a sales training. <laughs> and I'm trying to imagine a stay-at-home mom possibly listening to an Instagram story and being like, oh, yeah, that's for me. Well, it was an Instagram story. <laughs> and and I don't know how many sessions you had already done or, or anything, but I heard you talk about them. I don't, I don't even know why she took it, but you were talking about a mom who took it and when you was using guide culture skills mm-hmm. in the home and something about that, like I said, just struck a chord and I thought, ooh, like I need these skills. Mm-hmm. And that that's really why I went in. And I, I went in for one thing and came out with something totally different. What has been the biggest change in your family? I think the biggest change for me as their mom is giving them the freedom to speak their mind and to allow them to tell me what they're thinking. It's almost like having the courage to allow them to just be who they are. Yeah. Instead of instructing them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's asking so many more questions. It's like the other night we were gathered around at the dining room table. It was New Year's Eve. We were talking about a family vision and discussing what are the things that we did well this year and what are the things that we need to work on and my oldest son said something and I kind of thought ah we need to we need to dig a little (laughs) deeper and so I asked you know why do you say that and the youngest Weston he he kind of put his hands down by his side he said mom ever since you took that thing (laughs) you ask us why all the time and I think it was for me it's just I was so caught up in assuming that I knew what my kids wanted and I knew my kids so well. I just, I didn't have to ask them any questions. I would just fill in the blanks for them. Wow. And I think the biggest transformation for me is allowing them to fill in the blanks themselves. Oh my gosh. That is powerful. You told us a specific story today in the training about a time where you didn't assume something about one of your kids named Weston, your 10 year old. Can you share that with our listeners? Yeah, that this is, is the sweetest story. Uh, yeah, this is my favorite guide culture story. It was the end of July, the beginning of August, and Weston, since the time he could walk, has carried a football under his arm like a Heisman Trophy winner. And it was time to sign up for his very first tackle football season. And every time I would ask him, hey, Weston, are you ready to sign up? He would put me off. He would ignore me. He would leave the room. He was getting down to the wire. We had to turn in the form. We were sitting at the table and we were playing cards. And I just said, hey, Weston, I know that you love football and I know that you're hesitating. Can you tell me why you're hesitating? He said, mom, I don't know what locker room to go to after school. And I was floored because I was assuming He didn't want to hit somebody. He didn't want to get hit. He was unsure about the plays, you know, all these technical things. And it came down to he didn't know where to go after school. Poor buddy. And had I not asked him 
that question, I don't know that he would have played because I would have put all my assumptions on him. So I said, Weston, if we can find out what locker room you need to go to after school, do you want to play football? And his eyes lit up. His smile went from ear to ear. And he said, Mom, I want to play. (laughs) And he ended the season convinced that he's going to go pro. (laughs) (laughs) Then he will. Yeah. Uh, Another thing you did today, which I think may go back to this mindset a little bit, you told your story about, how you're filling into his mind all the affirmations that he is. And now he was walking around saying those same things about himself. Yes. And and I heard you say earlier about you thought you were coming to to get all these techniques, and that's not what you needed at all. It was the the mindset. To me, that resonated with me. Can you talk more about the mindset piece of this or how that affected you? Yeah, It was definitely a mindset shift for me. And I think it was, I don't think it was until I came in person that that really sunk in for me. And, and Loy, it was, you were standing up there and you were talking about our heart for serving. And I realized I spent a lot of time thinking about how I was serving other people and taking for granted how I was serving my family. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was for me realizing that serving them is the most important thing I could do. And it, it required me to shift the way I was serving them because what I was doing was no longer serving them. That was serving me. Do you feel like you were still like instructing them? Oh yeah, I was totally, I was doing what I, what was good for me and what felt good for me and instead of doing what was right for them and what was, what was benefiting them. Yeah. Well, to me, I may be wrong here but the first thing I think of with what you've told when they were young you were like taking care of them then they got older you were instructing them and as they get even older it almost starts sounding like a maybe a helicopter parent you're doing everything for them making all their decisions go clearing the way for them you know to go do whatever and what what you're trying to do is now I think is inspire them or or help them lead them towards making their own decision but making a good decision yeah when I look back in retrospect I think it was all coming from a place of fear I was so afraid that I hadn't done a good job that if I let them if I transitioned in this next phase it might become real apparent that I had failed as a mom and so I think I was operating out of a place of fear if if I move on to this next stage and I don't have as much control someone might find out that, I, that I'm a failure, that I didn't do as good a job as I thought I did. It makes sense to me. And to me, it's amazing because you are so sharp. You're, yeah. you're committed. You love those children. You're doing all these great things. I just can't imagine that mm-hmm. you've felt that way or feel that way. I mean, from what? because I don't know your I kids. was really good at hiding it. But you, you knew it on the inside. And the inside, yeah. it's that, like I said, it was that laying down. I would put my head on the pillow at night. And I would know something was wrong, and I just couldn't put my finger on it. Well, do you see now, do you see a shift in your family with the kids? Do you see a chemistry shift? Do you see their mind shift? Do you see a shift? We're slowly seeing a shift. And what I have to keep reminding myself is we didn't get to that place overnight, and we're not going to, it's not going to get cured overnight. We're not going to flip the script. And so we're moving in the right direction, and, and that gives me hope. 
And, and it all comes from my heart being changed because I couldn't expect them to do something different when I wasn't doing anything different. So true. Okay, so what what are they, what's, at the end of the day, what are they gaining? Is it the self-worth, self-value, the belief that they can do things, or what are they gaining? They're gaining more belief in themselves. They believe that they have the ability to make good decisions, that they have the ability to do hard things, and that they just have the ability to be who they are without judgment. We're happier. We're a happier family. Not that we weren't happy before. It's just different. So you would say that your confidence has improved as a mom. My confidence has done a 180. What would you tell a mom that is sitting in your seat before guide culture? Maybe guide culture isn't an option for them right now. And they need some confidence. They need a shift in their family. They need a new direction. What would you tell them? How would you encourage them? First of all, I would say to that mom that you're not alone. I understand that I have been in what feels like the darkest, hardest days of motherhood. And I came out on the other side. And if I can do it, so can you. I would say pray, read scripture. I would say Jesus has already paid the penalty for you. And that's allows, that allows you to live freely and boldly as the mom he created you to be. Paul David Tripp has this quote, and it says, he says, if God wants you to cross the Red Sea, he will build a bridge, build a boat, give you the ability to swim or part the Red Sea. He created you to be the mom to those children. And he created those children for you. He knew exactly what he was doing. There's hope. And if you can't find it, Grab hold of my hand and I will help you find it. What I've found as a mom is we spend so much time afraid of what other moms or other women will think of us that we keep everything buried. We're so afraid. If someone knew that we lost our cool or we said the wrong thing to our kids last night at bedtime, that they're going to think we're a terrible mom. That's not true. What happens is when we bring those things out of the dark and into the light, other moms say, wow, me too. That happened to me just last week. Mm -hmm. And you realize that you're not alone. And so bring it up out of the dark, get it into the light, because when it's in the light, the darkness doesn't have any power over it anymore. And you're free to be mom. Your kids are free to be kids. That freedom is what I'm hearing is like that freedom is what gave you confidence. The freedom to be vulnerable, the freedom to share with others. That's what's given you confidence to, to help other women say you can be free. Yes. It, so it has it has lit something in my heart that you know I I don't want other moms to feel like they're stuck in that place that that I was stuck in and yet so good at hiding. There's no reason to stay there. So so you were in a in a position of trying to have this perfect family for the outside world. I think I wanted it for the outside world, but I also wanted it for myself. I my childhood was kind of hard. And that was one of those things I'd planted in my mind as a young girl is I want my family to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And I was holding on to that. I was holding on to that really tightly. And I wasn't willing for a long time to let it go because I felt like I was the one in control. And I had to realize and I had to trust that God was the one in control. Mm -hmm. And 
kind of let loose of that picture of what my perfect life, what my perfect family looked like, and just be willing to let let everything go. Sarah, what is your mission? What is your personal mission <laughs> my for ra- other moms? My rally cry? <laughs> What's her rally cry? <laughs> I want every mom to take guide culture, honestly, because it's a tool in your toolbox. And even if you don't feel like you're in a really hard spot, it's still a tool that you can use. And I really, at the end of the day, want moms to just live into who God created them to be as a mom. And feel free to do that, to not feel ashamed, to not feel kind of fenced in by anything, by anything else. I think I feel so connected to you, Sarah. (laughs) I think because, um, oh my gosh, because I know now that I'm older, my parents worked so hard to have the culture that you're working so hard for. And I just want you to know it's worth it. It's worth the fight. It's hard. I, I can't imagine dealing with three of what I was, you know, <laughs> as a teenager. Yeah. That's hard. Mm-hmm. And it's so worth it because what you are doing is not just about what happens in the home what, while they're in the home. It's going to affect who they marry. It's going to affect how they parent their kids. It is going to affect generations. I really believe that. And as I'm hearing you talk, I think I'm kind of having a moment of like, man, like this is actually the why of guide culture. Yes, it makes you more money. Yes, it helps you control conversations. Yes, it helps you do all these things. But what it really does is it creates a new legacy it creates a legacy because what you had as a child is not what you're creating for your kids. And can you imagine what your kids are about to create for their families? Can you imagine? And it's so much work. And you, hard work is worth doing. Like, this is a worthy thing. And I'm just so proud of you for going all in and realizing you needed to change and actually doing the work. Because that's the hardest part. Guy culture didn't do anything. You did the work. You bought in and you are the one that's leading your family. And I just see a lot of, I kind of think I see a lot of Loy in you, maybe. <laughs> I'm that's the highest Sarah. compliment. Yeah. I really am. yeah. Yeah. And so maybe that's what it is. But I just feel like something so close to you because I'm just so proud of you. I'm proud of you for what you've created. I'm so thankful for you. Well, I really do love your heart, Sarah. You've got a wonderful, beautiful heart. I can see where you're sharing that with your kids and you're transforming lives and you're giving them the confidence and the self-worth and helping them believe in their self and bringing that positive yes. environment into your home, that positivity. So all those things um, are what we believe in is what you represent. Yes. And I am so excited for what the future holds for all of us. Me too. This is a, a special place for me and it feels like home and I just love it. Having someone like you and, in guide culture is such an honor. It really is. Thank you, Macy. And I'm proud to have someone in Kansas. Yeah. Out in Kansas. <laughs> yes, that's right. Sarah lives in the country. Tell, tell them about how far, how far you live out from, from life. We live 20 miles from where our kids go to school, where we buy our groceries, where we go to church. If you don't follow her on Instagram, you really need to. What's your handle? 
It's just Sarah underscore Stapleton. Sarah with no H. Yeah, Sarah underscore Stapleton. We'll put it in the show notes too. It's very entertaining to see farm life. More importantly, she adds a lot of value for moms. And if you are a mom and if you are transitioning into a new stage, she is an awesome resource. And I know that she would be really willing to message you and help you out. Absolutely. I would love nothing more. She's so encouraging and she is definitely someone to have in your toolkit, your Instagram toolkit. She really does add so much value to people's lives. Thanks, Macy. This has been so fun. I'm so glad I got to share.